for far too long. We've been told what to do, what to think, how to be. No more. The old paradigm is crumbling, falling all around us. Burn it all. It's my mission to bring you back to your natural state of luxury, to lead you to an empowered place with energetic intention. Luxury is a personal, expansive experience, one that's been kept from you, hidden away, a soul experience broken into a million pieces. Luxuriously fierce is for those who know there's more, who desire more, even if you don't know what more is. It's for those who are ready to burn old paradigms to the ground and walk through the flames to the other side. For those who are ready to be bold in their being, fierce in their feminine. Luxuriously Fierce is not just a brand, it's a movement. It's not something I do, it's something I am. Together, we are setting fire to the old and forging a new path. A new world. One where openness and truth are the norm. Where changing the world begins with healing yourself. If you're here on this earth, in this lifetime, to light a fire and burn everything you believe to be true to the ground, welcome to my world. Burn it all and watch the ashes fly. Welcome back to the Luxuriously Fierce Podcast. I am so excited to have Haley Curtis back on the podcast in season two. If you missed Haley's episode in season one, it was absolute fire. We had so much fun talking about journaling, and I cannot wait to continue this conversation. Haley is the founder of Soulful Journaling, which is a space that helps women create life-changing journaling practices that guide and nurture them towards peeling back all the layers of their soul to journey home to themselves. And I, I love that so much. That is what Luxuriously Fierce is all about, is peeling back Mm. all of who we think we are, who we think we have to be to be our true selves, to be one with our soul. And Haley, I'm so excited that you're here. I've been, I've been like so looking forward to this all day. I'm, I can't even contain myself right now. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. I'm honored to be here for round two. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey with journaling for anyone who missed the first episode? For sure. So let me try and like wrap this up in a nice, neat little bow. Sometimes when people <laughs> ask me that question, I'm like, ooh, 10 minutes later. But the, the short version is I'm Haley. I am 31 years old. I live in New Zealand, but I was born and bred in Australia. Journaling is something that I never expected to find myself doing in school primary school, high school, I always despised anything to do with writing. I just hated it. And as a result, I'd sort of 
I'd cancelled myself out from ever becoming a journaler because I thought that I would never be able to find that flow with writing. But what ended up happening was seven years ago, I ended up in a very, very dark place when I was journeying through some very chronic illness. And due to that journey, I just found myself just as a shell of a human. I found myself with no self-worth. I just... I had no identity. I lost all aspects of who I used to think that I was. And I had anxiety that was out of control. And I just, I just, yeah, I'd lost all sense of, of, of who I was. And what happened in that time was I had this deep pull towards putting pen to paper. And there was something in my soul telling me that by writing things down and by releasing what was happening in my mind, it was going to be my pathway back home to myself. And it was going to be the space where I rebuilt that identity, that worth, that love for myself from the ground up. And so that's what I started doing. And here I am seven years later as a woman who deeply loves, knows and understands herself. And that has all been cultivated within the pages of my journal. And now, I am so honored to be in a space in my own journey where I get to help and guide other women to do the same. I love that so much. I love it. Mm -hmm. I think there's there's a couple things I want to unpack here. The first is that there's so much power in losing ourselves. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's so often branded as a really terrible thing and that's not to say that it's not tumultuous or you know heartbreaking and difficult it absolutely is but there's also so much beauty there and that beauty is is you right is you unbecoming everything that you've been taught everything that you've been programmed to be you know all of that that doesn't serve you anymore because those things those patterns and the thoughts and the beliefs that you are moving through, they served you up until that point in your life, right? They were there for you, keeping you safe, and now it's time to let them go. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so often, when we start moving through these kinds of things, we look outside of ourselves for the answer, as we've been programmed to do, right? Mm-hmm. And our identity is so often associated with things. Things are people um, outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. putting pen to paper really is a journey home mm-hmm. it's, it's Absolutely. I, I love that you you know followed that pull to put pen to paper because so so many times and, and I know that I've done this in my own life and in my own journey through life and and through journaling even you know neglected that pull mm-hmm. that feeling I should do this you know I'm, I'm feeling really called to this yeah well you know that doesn't make any sense so I'm not going to do it yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's always it's always the way home it's always the way you know back to you yeah and life will just screaming louder and louder at you Mm -hmm. and I guess that's where I found myself I got to a point in life where I could not keep moving forward as that person that I thought I was it's like I needed this moment to break me so that I could that version of me died and I was rebirthed as this version of me, which was the me that I was always destined to be. Like you said, all of those layers, all of those labels, all of the things that I had been taught 
were who I was and what I was here for. It was all just a construct of lies. So this this chronic illness that I journeyed through and am still journeying through, while it has been so painful and there have been moments of absolute darkness, I actually wouldn't change it because it was the catalyst that I needed to, you know, rebirth as this new wholesome I was talking about this with a friend yesterday, that that dark period is like the womb. That dark period in your life Mm. is that time where something's growing that is then birthed. You know, we were just talking before you hit record May about 2021 being that year of really inward, 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 and 2022 having real energy of this outward giving back energy. And that's that the womb and the birthing. And that's been very reflective of my own journey. I love that. And that, that brings me to the other thing that came through when, when you were sharing your story is integrity and authenticity in, you know, in kind of in the, in this industry, in the online industry where, you know, people, it's so easy for people to share so much of themselves. And I, you know, I'm really excited for a world where everyone who is leading people somewhere has moved through that thing themselves, right? It, it brings so much, I mean, aside from, it, it brings so much integrity when you get to share your story and help people through, you know, a tumultuous time that you've also experienced and you can mm-hmm. empathize with that person and because, you know, everyone's experiences are so different and yet, you know, everyone's stories are so different and yet they're the thing that bring us together, Right. Absolutely. But I think it just, it speaks so much to the person when you show up as yourself, having, you know, your true authentic self, having moved through all of the bullshit, all of the, you know, the peeling of all the layers and have stepped into you, your soul as home. Mm. It's such a light mm, in the world to, to be able to share that with other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. And then I find that, like you said, about being able to share from your experience, some of the key things that I've had to journey through in my life, even if I haven't shared them publicly, my one-on-one clients that filter through, I then find have gone through such similar things mm-hmm. to me, which is just... You know, I, my dad passed away 10 years ago that I had to journey through and out of my one-on-one clients that I've had in the last month, I've had four who are journeying through having lost their father at, at a younger age. And then, you know, I was a teacher and I've had about 12 one-on-one clients that are teachers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like <laughs> all these things that you journey through, you create this energy, you know, and then I also have worked with a lot of women with chronic illness and, it's just it's it's just the way of the way energy works the way Mm -hmm. that the universe works like as you travel through something it's about you know bringing bringing people with you I love them and I love I love these energetic connections this the synchronicities that happen in the work that you do and the things that you've moved through Mm -hmm. and the people that you bring into your world Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so, it's so beautiful. And it sounds like such a cliche thing to say. And I feel like I say it all the time, (laughs) 
<laughs> people are gonna get tired of hearing me say that but like it is it's so magical yeah when you magic. get to have those kinds of conversations and mm-hmm. just those those experiences with people where you share and connect with one another on such in such an intimate way right and I think that that it speaks to our energies and how connected we actually are as human beings. Mm-hmm. But I think it also really, it speaks to the power of your energy and your words and your journal too, I think, because when you pour yourself out onto those pages, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're releasing your energy into the world, right? It's coming out of you, pouring out of you. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, mm-hmm. What comes to mind is like, you know, in in Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, she talks about how ideas kind of float around in space and they find a host. They find someone who's like, yes, this person can birth me. This person can bring me into the into the world. And so you get an idea in your head. Mm. Right. And if you don't do anything with that idea, eventually the idea will leave you, you know, and find someone else to to birth it into the world. And I feel like journaling is almost like that with the energy. When you pour out yourself and everything that you're ready to let go of onto those pages, mm. that energy goes out and it finds people mm. who are moving through that same thing or, mm. you know, experiencing something similar. You know, they're experiencing the same energy, whether or not the actual human experience is the same, but the feelings are the same, the emotions, the energetic, the energetics behind it all are very similar and it brings them to you. Mm. It's like a form of manifestation. Yeah. Does that, does that even make any sense at all? (laughs) It absolutely makes sense. You know, that physical release of, Mm -hmm. because it's trapped energy in your mind, in your spirit, in your soul, that you physically, it is a physical act of release, putting pen to paper. And, you know, it may seem a bit woo-woo to some people and that's okay. You can just think of it as a physical release for yourself, but it is the release of that energy out into the universe. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like you said, it brings, it attracts people to you. It realigns your path in different ways. It opens up new opportunities all of those glorious, glorious things. It's so expansive. Let's talk about the expansiveness of journaling, which is like, yes. <laughs> where, do, where do you even start? <laughs> where do we start? How much time do we have? Um, let's start. Let's start with our favorite pieces of journaling. Your favorite part of journaling. My favorite part of journaling would be so in the beginning my journaling was about finding who I was which I did in in the initial phases now that I have found that my favorite part of journaling is remembering who I am my journal is a place that when I come to that sacred space I come back into alignment and I am I remind myself of who I am because you know this world that we live in is a tough world. Mm -hmm. There's heavy energy here. There is just a lot of stuff. There's, and there's, you know, other people's stuff that you've got to deal with. And, you know, we can get, we can get a bit clouded. We can get a bit pulled in different directions at times, but I know 
that every day I get to come to my journal and and realign, remember who I am. And it is this check-in point that I get to have every single day because I used to live my life never checking in, never stopping. It was just next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And you feel like you're drowning. You feel like you're on a never-ending roller coaster, like the, the rat running in the wheel where you just never get a chance to put your head up to breathe. And journaling is that time where you just get to check in and say hey what's going on where are you at let's bring you back home I love that that's my favorite what's yours oh I love that so much remembering who I am oh that hit like that was one. you know when you said that I was like oh my favorite part of journaling is the reflection so mm-hmm. kind of opposite of yours a little I love going back and remembering who I was. Yeah. And in relation to to knowing who I am now, you know, I love looking through my old journals and, and I don't get rid of my journals. I know yeah. some people burn them, you know, they do kind of sacred rituals around that. And I don't do that personally. I love to look through my journals and I love to read through the passages and just for a moment in time, you know, and not to, to stay there, but just for a moment to remember who I was at that time, remember what I was moving through and how I felt and the space that I was in then and just remember what I wanted, yeah. what I was craving, what I was looking for, what I wanted out of life. And... I think I think that that reflection piece is missing in, in a lot of people because we are so focused on the future. We're so future focused on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next goal. Go, go, go. Busy, busy, busy mm-hmm. all the time. And it's so easy to forget who we were, to yes. forget where we once were and, you know, what we once wanted. Mm. And we're, we don't, you know, we don't celebrate our accomplishments. We don't unless they're big accomplishments, right? It's those, the Mm -hmm. small things that can be found in the reflection part of your journal are my favorite. I'm looking at who I was. I keep all my journals and I love, I love reading back over my journals and, you know, just like you said, dropping back in and being like, look where I was there. And I love the expansiveness of it in the fact that I get to read it and go, wow, Mm-hmm. Look how far I've come, mm-hmm. and I look back at her with such nurture. And she, like those journals, are really, you know, they're a, they're a guide. They're like a roadmap of where yeah. where you come from, and you can use those. Like I, I use my past journals a lot for creating content. For you know, I write content now for what she needed back then. And so those journals are such a sacred thing. Oh, my gosh, the thought of burning a journal. I'm like, no, no, never burn your journal. It's sacred. Like your journals, I like your memoirs. It is a book. You could go back through your journals and write. You could birth a book from that because your journey, no matter who you are, is special. It's important. And it's going to be important for someone else as well, not just yourself. Mm -hmm. So like. Yeah, I, I always like writing from that place too. It's funny that you bring that up because I, I had this experience today, like an hour ago, literally. <laughs> of course I did, all in divine timing. But 
I was talking with someone and she was saying that she had listened to a bit of season one of the podcast and she referenced my episode called Don't Be a Partridge. Mm-hmm. And it's it's literally just about, you know, how we believe that partridges are stupid birds when actually they have a lo- quite a large brain. Like they have a large capacity for wisdom, but they don't actually use it, <laughs> which is it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But when I saw the partridges at, at this time, I was moving through something kind of difficult and in seeing that and in looking at looking up the kind of the spiritual meaning behind partridges and seeing partridges, I realized that I am a vessel of wisdom and I wasn't using it. Mm. Right? I was looking outside of myself. And so I there's a and it's like a ten minute podcast episode, right? And she was telling me how profound that she found it and how it really made her stop and think. And I just looked at her and I was like, that was literally an excerpt from my journal. Mm. The entire episode, I read it straight out of my journal. Like, I saw those partridges when I was out walking Mm. my dogs. I went home. I journaled on that whole experience. Like, that entire episode is literally Mm. pulled directly from my journal. It's so beautiful how that connection. Um. Some of our absolute best things that we have to offer the world are written in our journals. And I love that that podcast episode was birthed from there. And I'm sure you have so many other podcast episodes or books, just so much that is sitting there in your journal that you have to birth. I just love that. I really do. And I, I use I use my journals for like, um, for context, for even like Instagram posts or mm. if I'm, I almost use them as an Oracle now, mm. right? Almost like an Oracle deck where I kind of flip through them and, you know, whatever's on that page is the page that I'm meant to reflect on. It's a page that I'm meant to look at. And I've had some of my greatest work come from those. And I love that, that expansion. And, and one thing that I really love to do with my journals is write letters. And so when I start a new journal, I'll write a letter, you know, of gratitude for everything that's about to unfold in the pages uh, in that kind of thing. And then I always say the last page of my journal as a thank you. Wow. And I'll write like a little thank you letter, you know, thank you for holding space for me. Thank you for helping me move through all of, you know, all of this stuff. And because everything is energy, right? Everything has this energetic frequency. Mm. And, you know, I want my journal's energetic frequency to be high vibe, but um, (laughs) high vibe and appreciated. (laughs) But I I love, I love going back, going back through them and, and yeah, like some of, some of my best words are there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. There's so much power. You shared a post today i think i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it up i'm pretty sure it was today just flipping your flipping your hair there (laughs) i mean i've loved all of your posts for a long time everyone knows but it's my unpopular opinion post (laughs) yes yes it is your unpopular opinion post hold on now i'm gonna find it yes motivation culture is dangerous for your self-worth and Mm. i was having a conversation with someone just before this and 
we were talking about manifestation and mm-hmm. the way you kind of show up for yourself, right? And when you when you start to do this this work, like this energy work, where you start to tap into your energy and tap into yourself and and you know unpeel all the things that no longer serve you and tap into your soul and you know ignite that part of you. A big part of that is learning to understand your worth, learning to know your worth, but there's a difference between knowing your worth and acting on your worth, right? Mm. When when something comes up for you as a in the example that we were using was in, in about relationships and how you attract the same people into your life until you learn the lesson, right? And even though you know that you deserve better, you know that you want something different, something more, and yet when opportunity presents itself, you don't act on that, right? Or you act in opposition to what it is that you actually want. And I think motivation culture is dangerous for yourself where that when i saw that i saw this post like right after that conversation again of course i did because divine timing right (laughs) divine timing but i think it's i think you brought up a really important point unpopular opinion or not (laughs) i love it and but like when you say motivational culture we're talking about the go 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 do 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 wearing this badge of honor yeah rah 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 the words that you use you know having this this badge of honor thing but there's just no there's no space for that anymore and Mm. that's something that you found on your page on the pages of your journal i'm i'm Mm. sure (laughs) i'm sure of it but Let's talk about that for a minute because I think what came, what also kind of came through for me when I read that post is like the the go 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 do 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 culture, the the motivational culture that we do live in. It takes away from the slowing down culture, mm. from being present with yourself. Mm-hmm. And when I think of journaling, that's what I think of, right? Slowing down, yeah. being present with yourself. But yeah. if we're always in this space of busy, yeah then there's no space for for us. Yep. And, like, you know, motivation culture goes hand in hand with hustle culture as well. Mm-hmm. And hustle is probably one of my least favourite words oh, yeah. in the English language. <laughs> I just despise the word. It's worse um, than moist. Oh, it is, really, isn't it? <laughs> you know, to hustle, even though it means to be busy, it also means to, to fraud or and it's just got this icky energy to it just like what motivational culture does because and this relates back to what you were saying about the relationship motivational culture is sort of sits in the knowing of your worth you know yeah I'm worth it like I I can do it I you know it's all about the knowing but that's the surface level from knowing you then have to believe it you then have to become it Mm-hmm. And that only happens when you dig deep to heal the wounds. So what happens with motivational culture is we skim the surface and we're skimming over all of the stuff. So if you're feeling not worthy because you, you know, if you're not feeling worthy, it's because you have a whole heap of wounds that you need to work through. Motivational culture tells you to slap a Band-Aid on it and just say, mm-hmm. I am worthy. I can, I can, I can. Uh, uh, and you just keep going forward, going forward. 
a negative thought comes, push it to the side. This tries to stop me. You're not stopping me. Rah, rah, rah. You know, I'm just seeing like this person running like an extreme marathon. Or and, and so what ends up happening, yeah, maybe you, even if you do attain the thing that you were after, you're still going to feel like a piece of crap when you get there mm-hmm. <laughs> because you haven't actually built your worth. So in, you know, the, the more slowing down, the more getting to know yourself, it, starts with oh yes I know I know that I am worth more I know that there's more for me but then you take the time to believe it and you take the time to become it which Mm -hmm. only happens from digging deep through the soul and saying okay what's blocking me here what has I experienced that's created this belief within me how can I bridge the gap what do I need to you know where can I lay new foundation here and what brings into your life all of those things that you really want because when it comes to goal setting or a motivational culture it's trying to get you to this certain external goal and really the goal itself isn't what you're after what you're after is the feeling you will have after you've experienced getting that goal so why not be focused on the feeling instead? Because then you get to live in success and you get to live in that the whole time, you know, instead of just feeling like you're a failure all the time and all of that, all of that. Mm. <laughs> and I love it because it brings to light to something that I I like to say about journaling and not to turn anybody away from journaling, but journaling is not real life right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's only, it's, it's a piece of your life and it's, it's a big piece, right? It's a big piece of you. It's a big piece of unraveling. It's a big piece of, you know, unbecoming all of these things that don't serve you any longer so that you can become who you're meant to be in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But it isn't real life, right? You, you can write down all the healing words on all the pages and all the journals, but you've got to embody it. You've got to step into it and you've got to act on it, right? Yes. Like there's, a, there's an integration piece here. Yes. There and that's integration. Yeah. It, and it's, it's such a powerful piece. And I think it's something that people kind of miss in journaling. <laughs> Yeah, because integration doesn't happen by force. You cannot Mm -hmm. force integration. The two things that lead to true integration of the soul are contemplation and meditation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking the time to meditate on those things. And for me, the bigger one is contemplation. Taking, giving yourself the space, you know, it's called, I don't know if you've ever looked into the gene keys, but they call it the art of contemplation, which is, it really is an art learning to sit with an idea, learning to like allow that idea to go so deep within your mind, within your soul, that it unlocks something within you. And that there is the integration. So that's coming back to motivational culture where it's like, move, 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 move. You never have that, that dwelling space of contemplation or meditation for integration to actually occur. And therefore you don't really change. You're forcing change on your external but it's really the internal where the true change happens. And if you're not forcing change on the external, you're making yourself believe that you've changed mm. or that things have changed when actually they haven't. 
Yeah, exactly. And as soon as you lose that thing, that external thing that is very fickle, you just come mm -hmm. crashing back down again, right? And that's where I had found myself. I was loving life, enjoying life because all of those external places that I'd put my worth in were working. Like I was doing great at my job and like I was looking how I wanted to look and I was achieving my workout goals and I was, you know, doing all of these things. Suddenly when all of that was taken away from me and it all crumbled, guess what else crumbled? My worth. <laughs> because mm -hmm. I'd put it in all those external places. Whereas now that I have built this really strong inner world, now I know, I deep within me know that no matter what happens tomorrow, I'm going to be fine. No matter what happens tomorrow, my worth will not be shaken and it will not be changed because it's not defined by the external. It's defined by the internal, which no one can ever take away from me. Oh, you are speaking to my soul. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. Like that is, mm -hmm. that is it right there. Right. And that's that is that, it. <laughs> that is it. Conversation over. <laughs> but that, that is the difference between a heart led life and an ego led life, right? Like our ego, mm -hmm. if when our ego leads, we focus on the things that are external from us, the things that are outside of us. And we focus on the next goal, the next thing, the next thing. We focus on what other people think, what other people are doing, what other people are saying. We focus on buying this thing and that thing and keeping up with the Joneses or doing better than the Joneses. And we just focus on everything that's outside of ourselves. And like you said, when those things crumble, we're who left with, yeah, who are you, right? Like you're left with yourself, although you probably don't feel like that in that moment, right? Mm, Whereas a a heart-led life is centered around you. Yeah, definitely. And I, this is one of the questions that's in the extensive questionnaire that, I, that my clients fill out when I am going to write prompts for them. One of the questions says, if you were bedridden for a year, would you still have a strong sense of identity and knowing of who you are? And I think that that's a really potent question to ask yourself. You know, if I couldn't get up and do anything, would I still know who I am? And if the answer to that is no, well, then there's some digging to be done to find where you're placing your worth, where it shouldn't mm. be. What a powerful question. Mm. Absolutely. You know, because that's where I found myself. I couldn't do anything for, it was eight months. I, I couldn't do anything. And that was my moment that made me go, holy shit, who am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I find that a really potent question to ask other people because you can ask someone like, oh, do you feel like you know who you are? And people will be like, yeah, I do. And then they'll rattle off the list of all things they can do mm -hmm. or the labels that they are. Like, I'm a mum, I'm a, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, I'm a teacher, I'm a... You know, I am someone that loves to work out. I'm someone who, you know, it's all these things that have to do with doing and not actually being. I love that. Mm. I just, so it's, it's so saddening to me how, how many people don't know who they are without all of the background noise, mm -hmm. without all of the external things. And I think we're we're in the midst of a really big shift to where people are turning within and where they're recognizing like, wow, I really don't know who I am mm -hmm. without mm. all of these things. 
Mm-hmm. And I think with journaling, and we've talked about this before the, the last time you were on the podcast, but with journaling too, journaling can almost bring that up for people, right? Because when you start journaling and you start pouring your soul and the pieces of yourself onto the pages of, you know, of your journal, you're, you know, you create space, right? You create space within you. Yeah. Once you let go of the things that are no longer serving you and the things that no longer are resonating with you or are beneficial for your life, you create all this space and we panic. You know, the humanness of us panics about this space and what do I do with this space and how do I fill it is is always the first question. (laughs) Yeah, there's so much fear. There is so much fear to start digging because people are like, oh my gosh, what am I going to find? I don't want to face it. I'd rather just leave it closed. But if you keep doing that in your life, life will put things in your path that forces you to open that up. Mm-hmm. You you can't, you know, there will come a time where something's going to happen where it's going to force you to open that up. So, you know, opening it now, just will bring so much more bliss and joy and alignment into your life instead of continuing to live out of alignment until you're forced to live in alignment. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I like that brings up another, another important part, I think, is that so many times we are forced to live in alignment, which is not how alignment works, right? (laughs) You know, alignment isn't really when we live in alignment, we don't want to live from a place of force, right? And the whole point of living in alignment is to to let go of the force. Mm-hmm. But especially in the last couple of years, we've all been kind of forced to go inward and forced to to sit with ourselves. And that has brought up so much alignment for so many mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And it's a really beautiful thing to unfold. It is. It really, really is. And just, I guess it's a process of learning to trust yourself as well. That fear of what you're going to find is just, once you trust yourself, you know that no matter what you find, you can work through it and it is going to be for your greatest good. And being able to show up to your journal with that open and willing heart I think is so important. You know, there's a lot of, if you've got a lot of resistance there and you're not willing to go certain places, um, you're stopping it from unfolding the way that it wants to unfold. So just just being open and willing and, and just trusting that no matter what it is that comes up, you've got this. You've got this, not in a motivational culture way, you've got this, but in a very deep, inward, no matter what comes my way, I have within me every like all of the answers are in there it's just about digging back to them you're not adding anything new to yourself you're actually getting rid of all the crap to find that inner truth that is actually there so trusting that it's there I love that and I love that you're talking about trust because one of the things that I've started doing recently is I started asking myself in in any situation what am I bringing to this space Mm. Am I, you know, where is my mind? Where is my attention? Where is my focus? Where is my energy? You know, what am I bringing into this space with me? Mm -hmm. And for so many of us, you know, there are so many 
people and experiences and and thoughts, you know, the the rah-rah of the day, you know, there's so many things that you could bring into a space with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that when I ask myself that question, it brings me to a place of focus, but it also brings me to a place of trust in that I... I'm learning to trust that I'm bringing me yes. into those spaces, right? I'm bringing me in my authenticity and in my integrity and in my, you know, compassion, whatever it is that I need to bring with me. It, but whatever it is that I need to bring mm. with me comes from me. Mm. I love that. That is just glorious. <laughs> and I think when when we start talking about space, we're, we're talking about physical space, you know, when you walk into a room and every room, every spa- physical space that you walk into has its own energy, right? You know, what are you bringing to, to that space? Mm-hmm. But I'm also talking about space and in, in showing up for ourselves. You know, when I sit down to journal and I'm asking myself, what am I bringing into the space? I'm really asking am I in a place where I can do this right now? Mm. Am I, am I focusing on what I'm doing? Am I, am I journaling because it's 7 PM and this is the time I normally journal or, you know, am I journaling because it feels right? Am I journaling because I, I think that I should be or, you know, all of these things start coming up. And so when you, when you, I find for me, when I start to ask myself, what I'm bringing to the space, really what I'm asking is, am I showing up for myself fully? Yeah. And it's all about intention, you know, living your life from a place of intention, which brings so much more potency to what you're doing. And when, when that strong intention isn't there, it's okay to just leave it as well, you know, and, um, but when that strong intention is there and you can cultivate that, that's where your potency in life really lies. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I'm, I've been feeling so much into intentionality lately and having a lot of conversations about intentionality, actually, mm-hmm. and being more intentional about everything, really, <laughs> really. Um, yeah. but, especially, but especially in how I show up for myself. Because yes. that, looks, that looks different every day, right? And, and we absolutely we fall into a routine and make ourselves believe that we're showing up for ourselves but are we really you know are are you honoring your energy are you honoring the ebbs and flows of of the day and you know as women we we cycle are we on are we honoring the ebbs and flows of that and our energy Mm -hmm. there and there's just so much behind intentionality but if i didn't journal Mm -hmm. If I didn't have the level of self-awareness and self-knowledge and that depth that I've gotten from the pages of my journal, mm. the intentionality of my life would not be there. Yes. 100%. And I know that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. And for me, intentionality really stems from a place of knowing how I want to feel. That's how I really set mm-hmm. intentions my day for my year for my weeks just for everything I really let my emotions guide it by asking myself okay well how do I want to feel today or this week and so for example if I wanted to feel connected 
then each day I get to ask myself from a place of intention, what can I do today that will make me feel more connected? Or even like in the moment, what can I do right now to make me feel more connected? And it allows so much more space for it to look like what it needs to look like in the moment, much different to a goal where, for example, doing meditation might make you feel connected, right? So someone might just say, okay, I'm going to meditate every day for a week. But in actual fact, what they were wanting was to feel more connected. So on the given day, when I ask myself, what would make me feel connected right now? It might be doing meditation, but it might be sitting with my husband for a cup of tea. It might be going on a walk and getting my feet in the soil. Like it could be so many different, it could look so different depending on the day and depending on where you're at. So I love that coming from that place of intention allows your days, your weeks, your years to unfold to cultivate those feelings that is what you really truly want and therefore you get to live in this place of purpose and intention all of the time which is just bliss i love that you are speaking to my soul (laughs) (laughs) i intentionality for me is very much the same it's all about how i want to feel and when i sat down you know the beginning of 2022 and i thought about how i wanted to feel this year how yeah. I wanted to, to this year to go, you know, with allow, allowing for flexibility and for the ebbs and flows of what's to come. But, you know, leaning into just the, the feelings of everything, right? The feeling that I want to come back to, right? Because there are those ebbs and flows of the day and of the year and of the months where, you know, shit gets thrown at you. It just happens. It, it's life in this 3D humanist experience, right? And so yeah. for me, setting that energetic intention was about how I wanted to not only show up for myself on a daily basis, but how I wanted to feel about the goals that I want, you know, the goals that I'm working towards is how I want to feel as I'm working toward those goals, right? No rah-rah culture. Yes. How, how do I want to feel as I'm working toward those things? how just how do I want to feel daily but and also when the shit hits the fan what is that feeling that I want to come back to yeah and that's that for me is the is the intentionality of Mm. life and the intentionality intentionality that I set for this year just as an example Mm. and that's stillness for me beautiful stillness and it's so, it's so magical when we start setting these energetic intentions, how much stuff comes up. Like, when we're so intentional about our lives, even, you know, by an, an hour, by the day, by the week, by the month, by the year, when we, when we start becoming so intentional, so much more blooms from that. When yeah. I sat in the energy of stillness... And I had, I had no intentions at this point of setting goals for myself because I was feeling very, like, rah-rah motivational culture around them. And I didn't want to set goals. But as soon as I sat in that energy of stillness and invited that in and felt like, yes, this is the energy, this is the intention behind everything, the goals came pouring out of me. It was like, okay, this is it. This is where the stillness is. And I felt one of 
my new favorite things to say as birth from this moment was in stillness i found my fire oh (laughs) i love that (laughs) and it just and we we were speaking to this you know before we started recording this podcast and and you mentioned this earlier how we were saying that 2021 was a year of inward reflection and healing and growth and expansion and 2022 is there's so much energy in this year and i was saying i feel that fire like i can feel it it's there Mm. it's burning it's getting bigger and yet i feel so still feel so much anything that's birthed from that place of stillness you know is in alignment because it had Mm -hmm. such intention behind it and that's the difference you know so often we set goals from a place of lack and it's all about what i don't have and what i do want instead of sitting in the present moment in who we are and and what's what's being cultivated within us and and setting them from that place and setting them from the the anchor of emotions and the anchor of the soul it's just it's a whole different ball game it really is and i feel like you know time moves slower when you're in that space you have so much more space and time within you to actually do these things when they're coming from there instead of I don't know if that makes sense but um yeah it's just I guess it's space is created you've created that that space within you in your world for that to be birthed Mm -hmm. and the key here I think and just for anyone listening is when you create that space it's, it's overwhelming in the beginning. You know, what do I do with this space? Because we're so used to being full we're so, yeah. and being full from external things, right? That we don't yeah. know what it's like to have this space. And so the key here is to, one, slow down. You don't need to fill the space right away. Yeah. You know, allow the space to be there. And that space is there for you to expand, right? Mm-hmm. And and for you to, to fill that space with you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I listen, I read this thing the other day and it said when you're in those gaps, like those, those little voids in time where it is empty or like you're feeling that real nothingness, instead of you have an opportunity, you can either just fly back into doing what you've always done and just continue on the cycle of you know of life the cycle of addiction the cycle of whatever you're caught in or you have the opportunity to take your life up another octave and unlock these new parts of yourself and expand and from those places of void nothingness stillness creativity can truly be birthed and it can you know you can form new neural pathways by not giving in to the void by just doing, doing, doing. But when you just stop and you be still, you can unlock this next octave of life. And I love that. And it sounds exactly like what you're explaining with going back to stillness. Mm-hmm. I love that. That definitely, that's definitely resonating. And that, that hits. Yeah. I love that. It, what, juicy, what just juicy. came through? It is so juicy. Oh. What just came through for me when you were when you were just saying that though is like this misconception that journaling is so easy, and when when you were just saying that it made me think like this is where people 
stop in anything new, right? Yeah. When you start to create that space and it gets overwhelming and a little a little scary even, you know, we stop because we're leaving our comfort zones and, and we don't like that, right? Our ego does not does not like for us to leave our comfort zones. Mm. But it comes back to that trust. Yes. Trusting yourself. Surrender. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to acting on your worth, right? Mm-hmm. Acting on your authenticity and acting on the truest expression of you, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And instead of trying to fight your way out of it, just sort of I see it as just collapsing myself into it. Like mm-hmm. falling on into it, surrendering. There's a real feminine energy there. The masculine energy wants to have all the answers and for it to be like tick it off the list. Duh, 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 duh. And like it's all organized in a nice, neat little package. Whereas the feminine surrenders and falls into that and like allows herself to be taken where she needs to go, you know, in order to birth that new thing out into the world. I love it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so at peace right now. I'm actually I know, me I'm too. Like sitting back on my couch. I'm like half lying down now because I'm just so relaxed. I'm just <laughs> I'm so like, beautiful. I'm just sitting here just I honestly feel the most relaxed I have all day. And like I have I've had some beautiful conversations with some beautiful people today. Mm. And I'm sitting here feeling you know, like my face muscles are relaxed and, you know, my hand is on my heart and I'm just. Uh... It's so, and you know, this, this space that, that we're coming to together today has been cultivated in the pages of our journals over years, you know, Absolutely. This, this space of peace and grounding and gratitude and deep in and knowing it doesn't happen overnight and that's okay. And that's just, you know, that's what I'd want to encourage anyone that's listening who's at the beginning of their journaling journey um, is that it's it's okay to not be feeling that yet because you've just got to, you've got to continue to put one step in front of the other and it's not a quick journey. It's, it's a forever journey, you know. May and I are going to be on this journey every day for the rest of our lives. There's always more to uncover but also it is so worth your time. Like I just wouldn't trade the way that I get to feel in my life now for anything. Like I, I don't want to go back to that life where there was all the achievements and all the doing and all of that because nothing compares to being able to feel grounded in the moment, to be able to feel connected with yourself and as a result, have your outward world starting to come into alignment with your inward world, which is just bliss and all the all the things um, that you were meant to have and you were meant to do. So just trust trust your process. I love that, and you're absolutely right. I have no intention or no desire to go back to the hustle and the rah-rah and the, mm-hmm. you know, the space where I was so disconnected from myself and what I, mm-hmm. you know, what I desire and and all of that. I have no, there's no part of me that wants, no. that wants that. 
Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. in talking about time, and time is one of those things that we tell ourselves is it's an easy excuse, right? I don't have time. But I think that yeah. you'll find, you know, and, and we can have an entire discussion on how time is not linear. It's a, it's a social construct. But, you know, those moments where time stands still, where time moves slowly, journaling is, the, is that time. Mm. When you're in the pages fully and in that expression fully, the time just, it stops. Mm. And, and, but then we have the opposite of that, where some days... I'm writing and writing and writing and writing and so much is pouring out and, you know, time passes so quickly, even though you feel like it hasn't. Mm. And it's, it's so interesting and I, and I love it so much, but I think the question is, are you willing to, show up for yourself and give yourself that time right whether you you know whether we're talking about time you know as as a social construct or time as a linear concept however you view time like it doesn't matter are you willing to give yourself that time yeah and and i think we talked about this in the last episode where we were saying that really when you say i don't have the time you're saying it's not a priority right now Mm-hmm. you know and becoming very aware within yourself that that's what it means you know if you're saying oh i just don't have the time for this you're saying i i'm not prioritizing you know building upon my self-worth i'm not prioritizing getting to know myself deeper and when you actually tell yourself the truth it hits really hard and you go oh maybe i do want to prioritize that and then guess <laughs> what when you prioritize it you magically find the time you you always find the time for what you prioritize always mm-hmm. you know if you're for example if you've got children and one of your children breaks their leg and they have to be taken to the hospital you are never going to say oh no i just don't have the time right now to go and do that because it's so important you freaking make the time to get that child to the emergency room because it's a priority and it's the same with everything else in your life if, you, if it really needs to happen if you really want it to happen you will freaking make it happen and i think that it also comes down to stop living in this place of victimhood and step into the realm of responsibility and say well if my schedule is so busy that i cannot find 20 minutes to myself to journal well then i've got a problem you know because your schedule only things are only on your schedule because you've allowed them to be there and you know if if you don't have 20 minutes to spend to yourself really i'm you don't have a life you don't (laughs) because you're just going from thing to thing and so you know it's i get a little bit fiery with the concept of i don't have enough time (laughs) because it is just about taking responsibility and something that my friend said to me yesterday she said if you want to create radical change in your life 
you have to take radical responsibility for your Mm -hmm. life. Yes. And so, you know, that has to be the approach to journaling if you're really wanting to go to the depths of your soul, to understand who you are, to love yourself, to know yourself, to transform your life. You have to take radical responsibility for your life. You know, we live in a world of cause and effect. If if you create a schedule where you don't have time spent on yourself, the effect is going to be you're disconnected from yourself. So, you, you know, something's got to give, something's got to change, and you need to know that you're responsible for that. Oh, yes, to everything. Mm-hmm. That, I, I honestly find that to be, like, a really big problem in our society is that a lot of the phrases that we use are cop out Mm. their excuses and their ways for us to not take responsibility for our own life absolutely it takes you back to not in my original moment where I was really sick and I had to take the year off I'd ended up back at work a couple of years later and I was struggling like I was hard out struggling and I hired a chronic illness specialist who I was going to work with for an eight-week block and the first thing that he said to me when we were starting to book in when I was going to do that eight weeks, he was like, okay, so you're just going to have to, you know, um, tell your work that you're going to be taking eight weeks off. And I was like, excuse me? And he was like, yeah, you can't, you can't work while we do this eight weeks together. And I, deep within me, had this huge fear. I was like, but I can't. I can't not work for eight weeks because I had this idea in my mind that, you know, and a lot of people would, come up against the same thing where they're like well I can't that's just not an option Mm -hmm. and he was like no you're lying to yourself (laughs) you absolutely can he goes if you want to get well if you want to do this process you cannot work for the next eight weeks and he goes I don't care what you're saying you're saying that you can't he's like but you absolutely can you've just got to make it happen and he made me take radical responsibility for what I wanted, what I wanted was to get well, but I wasn't willing to do the things I needed to do in order to get get well. And so that was the real moment of responsibility for me. And the next day I walked into my principal and I said, look, I've got to take eight weeks off, (laughs) which was so scary to me. You know, the whole idea of like letting other people down and like, you know, I'm just here to be like, that's part of my identity. If I don't do that, who am I? And I, I put the line in the sand and I, I said that and that was a huge moment for me of realising that it was my responsibility and I actually got to choose and those eight weeks completely changed my life. Oh, I love that. Mm. Absolutely. So when I come from a place of telling people like, girl, you can find 20 minutes to journal, I'm coming from that place of I walked into work and said, I'm not coming in for the next eight weeks <laughs> so that I can work on myself. And that was scary. You can you can show up to your own schedule and say, I'm taking this 20 minutes for me today. You can do that. You absolutely can do that. And you can do it. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Asking. 20 minutes. It is an absolute start. And yeah, just remind yourself, if I don't have 20 minutes to spend on myself, I actually don't have a life. And, and you're not making yourself a priority, which is, there's there's so much here. You know, if, if you don't have 20 minutes for yourself, you're not making yourself a priority, probably because you've been programmed that way, which is just mm-hmm. sad. 
you know, and uh, there, there's a lot. We won't go down that that avenue. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a whole other podcast episode. But you know, podcast journal on it. Everyone, journal on it. Ask yourself, why do I struggle to take time for myself? Ask questions like that and see what you dig up. I'm sure there's going to be some juicy, juicy things that you can yes. work through from that one question. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I love, I love sitting down with you. You bring me so much joy. <laughs> oh, it goes both ways, my friend. Absolutely. Oh, I absolutely love it. Okay. There's so much more I want to expand on so much more. And I, I'm just reveling in all that we've already unpacked and We've, we've probably done like a one hour episode already. <laughs> I I would say, yeah, definitely. We're, yeah, we're, we're over an hour now for sure. <laughs> and we can, and we can continue, but on, an, on another, on another episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So wh- one of the things that you do inside of your business is personalized journaling prompts. Yes. And I I mean, I love that so much. And I can just imagine how, how beautiful that is for you. But mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about that process and what that looks like and how mm-hmm. people can, can get that from yeah, you sure. where they can connect with you for those. So the personalized prompts, are just there where the real magic is I think within what I am offering to the world at the moment and what they are is I have created a very in-depth questionnaire that has over 215 questions in it it sounds very overwhelming but most of them are multiple choice and then um, the last maybe 15 questions a short answer and I've created this questionnaire to give myself a glimpse into your soul into the workings of what's happening in your inner world so that when I receive the questionnaire that's filled out by these women I I have I, I just have this gifting within me where I can sort of put the puzzle pieces together and make connections between different aspects of what's going on in your life to find where we need to dig deeper. And so I use, I spend a lot of time delving into this questionnaire to then curate a set of the the description on my store says 150 prompts, but the last 10 I've done have been in the high 200s. So I usually do about 250 high individualized prompts based on where you're at right now and and you know where you want to see yourself and I separate it into areas like identity and purpose and self-love confidence authenticity overcoming fear career self-awareness self-knowing routines and really you know you give me the glimpse into your soul and then I provide you with these prompts that are going to guide you in in how to peel back those layers to get to 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 just sift through all of that stuff and they're a glorious glorious experience I hold a lot of space for them so when I create a set they can take me anywhere between five and eight hours per set to create and I do it in a very loving nurturing way where 
you know, no distractions. I'm wholeheartedly focused on this person. And then they get this booklet that at the end, it's a very beautiful booklet as well, like a little ebook that is just for you. And, you know, the prompts in that book could last you two years. Um, or if you're on a more radical path of, of self-discovery, you might spend, you know, three or six months really delving into those. And then I also offer people can purchase it on their own or they can purchase it with one-on-one coaching as well, which I've got many of those clients at the moment where I'm there with you um, on Voxer, voice memos, journeying through these journaling prompts with you and and helping you to dig deeper and you know we discuss the things that are coming up in your journaling sessions and decide where to go next and just talk about these themes and it's just glorious it really is I'm very very honored to be able to hold that space and I'm also really proud of myself for creating such a transformational space that like that is just so powerful like guys can you imagine having 250 prompts that like (laughs) the depth the depth and the transformation that people experience I just and you know you and I having having journaled for for years and years we know this right we we know that feeling and I just I feel so excited that you do this for other people hmm it is. I just, I just absolutely love it. I wish that I could do more because they do take a lot of, a lot of space within me to do them. It means that I, I don't just power them out. It's not like I can just, you know, do a couple a day. I really take my time. And then I have a whole heap of other things that I do as well. So I just opened my spaces for February and I, I only have eight spaces per month because that's the amount that I can hold in terms of everything else that I do, I wish I could do more. But then at the same time, because I only do eight, it means that there is a much deeper connection with the women that I get to do these for as well. It's it's so beautiful. It, it, it makes me so excited for the expansion that's to come for these people mm-hmm. that are receiving this amazing gift from you. Mm-hmm. And I just, because I just, I just know how much depth is in those pages and is in those prompts. Mm. Yeah, I guess for the women when they first receive their books, they usually sort of like just have a little read through um, to see what I have written for them. And often the response is like, oh, my gosh, like this just so it's like I'm speaking to their soul because I am Mm -hmm. because they they show me a glimpse in and then these are literally speaking right back to where they're at. So they feel very seen and it is, yeah, their own little personal guide of how to put one foot in front of the other. It's so beautiful. Hmm. If people are looking to connect with you, if they're looking to get on the list for personalized prompts or work with you, how do they do that? Where do they go? All the things. Yes, all the things. So Instagram is where you will find most of me. (laughs) It's sort of where I live over there. You'll find so much free content as well. Lots of free journaling prompts. I post journaling prompts usually every second day. So you can come over on over there. Then join my email list for sure because you get so many goodies on the email list. The first email you receive has a one-hour journal 
journaling workshop where I actually take you through how to dig deeper in your journal. You know, this idea of how do I peel back the layers? I really teach you and guide you through how to do that. So that's a great thing that you can sort of get in tune with. And then if you would like to join my wait list, you can always come into my DMs and just ask to join the next month's wait list. And then, yeah, then we can, we can get you on the road to those personalized prompts. I am here for it. Send me a link. Where do I sign up? I have one, one last question for you. You know what it is. You've been here before. Not your first rodeo. Yeah. What does luxuriously fierce mean to you? Well, it's probably around the same as what I said last time. I don't even remember what my answer was. I know. I was trying to think about what you, what you answered last time. And I'm not sure. It's going to be the same. I think luxuriously fierce is a woman who knows who the heck she is and she's not fierce from a place of forcing to be fierce she is fierce simply just from being she's not fierce through doing she's not fierce because she's like oh I've got to get up today and be fierce she's fierce from the depths mm-hmm. and she walks in fierceness but that fierceness can also it can be gentle at times and it can be you know it can be crazy powerful at times that luxuriousness of it is that it is always there and you know that it's always there. Oh, I don't, I don't know how, I I don't know how you put my soul into words. Like I, (laughs) I don't know how you do it, but you do. And I love it. And oh my gosh. Yes. That is it right there. I love words. This this is why I'm starting a podcast because I'm much better with my spoken word than my written word. (laughs) Things just flow on out of me when I talk. I was born to talk. You were born to talk. <laughs> it's just, I, yes, I'm, I'm not as, I'm, you know, I'm not quite there yet with being able to express the amount of what I do through my word. But we'll get there. We continue on our path. <laughs> exactly. That's what this journey is all about. Yes, it sure is. Oh, my gosh. Do we have to wrap up? Like, is... I know. Well... Um... 2023 you can book me in for your next video <laughs> oh gosh thank you so much for being here i i love i love having you on i love it it's amazing thank every you time for having me it's been an honor If you loved this episode or know someone who would, share it and show some love. Screenshot the episode in the app, share it to your Instagram stories along with your favorite fierce moment from the episode. And don't forget to tag me at Luxuriously Fierce Podcast. You can also subscribe, leave a review, and follow me on Instagram at Luxuriously Fierce Podcast and at Luxuriously Fierce underscore. Thank you for listening to today's episode and don't forget to tune in next week for more things Luxuriously Fierce. The Luxuriously Fierce podcast is sponsored by Goddess Support, an oracular online business management company providing you high-level intentional support so you can be the creative and visionary in your business. Goddess Support goes the distance that traditional business coaching doesn't. Imagine having a turnkey team of goddesses that have your back with everything from strategy to implementation. That's what's possible with Goddess Support. We exist to serve the goddess that is you, and we are honored to help fulfill your big vision. Learn more at goddess.support or find us on Instagram at goddess.support.